Welcome to another episode of my podcast. I'm very, very, very excited. I truly, I mean, I've been excited for most of my guest episodes. I always love talking to people who I'm fascinated by, and this is um, no exception to that. I'm very excited to have on this guest because, um, I mean, you'll see why. Um, this guest uh, is based out of New York. Are you based, yep, out, based of out of New York? Okay, based yeah. out of New York. His name's Daniel Nicholas, and he is a magician, a mentalist. Um, what else? Magician, mentalist, illusionist, mind reader. He's everything. Um, I'm very excited because... I I'm not necessarily I'm skeptical. I want to be skeptical. As I want to be, be like we were talking about this before. We had some time to get to know each other because I've never met you. Right. First time I only you. the reason I got you on the podcast is because I was on Instagram as I always am. I'm addicted, and um, I saw one of my friends posted a selfie with you, and she said like, "Oh my god, just had this incredible experience with Daniel Nicholas magic, <laughs> like whatever." And I was like, "Oh my gosh, that's such a great idea. I need. I'm going to be in New York. I need to get you on the podcast." Yep. And so we're here. We're here. And we made it. It's been a while since I've had magic, you know, since I've seen magic, That's since, you know, whatever. And so um, we were talking about this anytime I'm like watching something where magic is happening on like Hulu or whatever. I'm like, who, who's the plant in the audience? Like, right. how is this all going so well? Right, right. So I want the audience to know I'm if, if I'm not impressed by something, if you know, nothing happens. I'm not going to like try and play it, you know, as though so, you did So this something. is evidence that I didn't pay her or I didn't pay her enough for those of you who are wondering. Yeah. Um, <laughs> she's not going to go along with it, which I like. We want this to be organic and but, legit. But we did talk about this a little bit. Like um, when I was in high school, we had like our senior night where everyone like gets fucked up at school and mm. it's totally acceptable. It's like a 24 hour party. They say you can't do drugs, but everyone's doing drugs. Right. They're drinking. In the yeah, and then they, of course, have like a, a hypnotist. Right. And right. I'm on Molly. And, oh, God. <laughs> and I want to get hypnotized because I want to be the center of attention. I right. want people to see me on stage. This was before I did stand-up, but I knew I needed attention. Yeah, the spotlight was calling. So he's like, who who is open-minded to this idea? Right. And I'm like, bitch me. Like, <laughs> get me on that stage. I'll show you how open-minded I am. And um, and then he like does a couple tests to see who out of this large group he's we'll going to select. Right, right. And I'm going along with it because I just want the stage time. And then he hypnotizes everyone, but it doesn't work for me. And so I'm like, this guy's a crook. And the reason it's working he's is because grifter. no one wants to stand out and be like, you're wrong. Right. You, you're like, I want to, you know, quack yeah, like a pressure. duck. I want to be a goofball and yeah. have it be acceptable because I'm hypnotized. And you were talking about how... You know, maybe on that stage there were two people or three people who had actually worked on, and yeah. the rest are just going. With well, I think it. I don't, don't quote me on the statistic here, but okay. I, I read it in a book once. But I think that there's, let's say, you have ten people come up on stage for some sort of hypnosis demonstration. Only one or two will actually be under the influence of hypnosis. And actually, what he did was a, a gauge to see who's susceptible, who has an open mind, willing to accept the suggestions that he's going to give you. Obviously, your hand went right up. You're going to be open-minded. So they say that only one or two people will actually go into a trance because it's all very conditional. You have to be in the right mindset. Obviously, being in a loud auditorium under the influence of Molly is not going to put you yeah. maybe in the best position to be hypnotized. But the other eight people on stage, I think one or two don't get hypnotized, don't go along with the induction, none of that. They send them back to their yes. seat. And then the other six 
might be like you under social pressure, knowing that the whole audience is expecting to see some shit that's going to entertain them and you're going to deliver. Yeah, and I'm a that's sheep. that's what happens. I'm a sheep. Yeah. I knew from that moment, I was like, I'm a follower. Right. I'm a sheep. Right. You were ready for it. Um, but also, so we had some time to get to know each other and um, you had... You had a deck of cards. Yeah, actually, uh, let's, uh, let's Wait, just... Do you want to do it now? Uh, well, I'm not going to do it right this second, but I'm going to bring okay. attention to it. So on the camera, you can see I have a deck of cards, regular bicycle deck of cards. I'm actually going to give this to Allie. That's what they to. all say. That's it's they just all a say. regular deck. Yep. Yeah. And actually, uh, on a side note, not only is it a regular deck, but Allie brought a little gift from the probably about 1970, if you want to show everyone. Which your... is crazy. Well, first of all, you said not to open this or anything. Yes. So I actually made a little prediction in there. Um, there's a chance. Is it just a drawing of a dick and Sharpie? Yeah, You're like, I know good, exactly you can't go which wrong one. If you do that, right? Um, so actually I don't want to tell you too much about it. Okay. I will tell you it involves this marker and it involves another deck of cards, but I have it all set up. It's ready to go. If everything goes according to plan, you should see what I mean, uh, a little later. So we'll decide that you can make note that I've given you the deck. I'm not going to touch it or do anything funny to it from here on out until we bring it back into play. And I genuinely have not looked at or it or set anything up i didn't ask yeah. you to, to I tell want, me a specific i want card, you to be like right? i want you to be right but i also want, want you to, to be wrong, wrong you know? know like part of me wants to be wrong too but yeah the rest of me is like don't screw this up so. and then i got excited because i showed you i love cards i'm very yeah, fascinated cool. by them there's also like Definitely people cool. who do um because there's 52 cards in a deck mm -hmm. there's you know 13 what is it it's like um like cards of life like yeah. some people yeah, yeah. instead of horoscopes they do cards of life because yep. everyone has a card yeah there's, well there's a bunch there's, there's like numerology weeks in there's a year. tarot there's a connection with the calendar to the deck of cards i believe if you add up all the values like an ace is a one a three uh for example a jack would be an 11 if you add up all the values out of the 52 cards it totals to three six uh three sixty four and then 365 would be the Joker. Uh, and then for leap year is the extra Joker. So you have uh, the two Jokers, four suits, four seasons. Um, what else is there? There's a lot of a lot of parallels yeah. between reality and the, the origin of the deck of cards, both in tarot and in traditional poker cards, which have evolved from the French courts. Wow. Yeah, so you knew a lot. I brought in my deck of cards because I always carry a deck of cards with me. Yeah, which, by the way, I was super shocked. She was not kidding. She's like, I have a deck with me, and she pulled it right and out And it wasn't like a special thing where I was no, like, I, need, I no. just always have a deck because my grandma, we used to always play card games. Right. And... um and I was at my mom's house. I stayed with her at the beginning of COVID. And my mom was like, oh, I have this deck right. that was grandma's. And so I took it. And it's super old. And you knew so yeah, right much away. about you it. I looked at it. I was like, oh, that's from the Sahara Casino in Las Vegas. It's made in the U.S. It's not around anymore. I actually have some World Series of Poker Sahara decks. Wow. Yeah. Um, in the U.S. Did you, do you like playing card games? I do, but unfortunately, no one will play with me. So <laughs> I would play with you in a heartbeat. All right, cool. She's have you... Do you Ready know down. about um, 13 or Tian Lin? No. It's like Vietnamese poker or something. No, I never heard of it. Oh, it's so fun. Is it? I like the game Palace. And I love What's poker. That? Palace is, uh, 
it's a it's kind of like a game of luck and also there's an element to skill a little play i could show you maybe afterward okay. but it's a fun game i don't know where i learned it but it's a great game to drink too so card games are so fun yeah, i grew and up you playing can go anywhere them. in the world and you can find a deck of cards yes i feel like it's a great way to like get to know people yep. meet people like if you're having like a weird i well maybe not on a date it's not the best i don't know if you've had that experience <laughs> yeah no of, like, cards really... and dates don't go so well take that from a magician yeah but i feel like it's a good like I was with, who was it? It was like a family event. And I was like, I don't really want to talk to anyone. Like there right. there, be, there comes a point in the event where it just gets kind of stale. Right, and right. then people start bringing up past, you know, drama. And yep. you're like, Cue ah. the playing cards. Here so I was go. like, why don't we play a game of cards? Yeah, and everyone, yeah. And then you're like talking about the cards. You're like talking a little bit of shit, but it's yep. all playful. Yep. I feel like cards are a very good way to like unite oh, people totally. in a fun way. Totally. I used to love that game BS growing up too. Yes. That's always a fun one. Is that kind of where the mentalism comes into play? Oh, with yeah. BS? You have to be able to read people and you also have to be able to fool them, too. So a little bit of deception in there. too. Yeah. I was worried because when we first met, we were talking about um, being able to read other people right. or being better at being read. Right. And I was worried because I've heard from people in the past that I, I put up a wall. Yep. Um, I don't need to, this to turn into a therapy session. <laughs> no, it but, won't. Trust me. I don't want to go there. Um, there is a stone wall that I have built. Right. And sometimes it's hard for people to like read me. You know what? And that's sometimes a good thing. Um, but I read you. More, you did read me. She did read me. It was me. crazy. It, I, he was like... Before, like, we were just hanging out, and you're like, okay, let's do something. And I'm like, save it for the podcast. Save it for yeah, the podcast. so we actually have a bunch of fun things saved, but I legit handed her my phone and had her just guess at my passcode a couple of random random attempts. She didn't get in, and then I had to really, really just try to focus but not think too hard. And lo and behold, did you unlock it? I unlocked, she unlocked it. It, it was crazy. Got the code right. I was like, so I'll be changing that, by the way, folks. On the so. second digit, I was like, I've fucked this up completely. Right. And you could tell on the third on digit, the third digit you, you were like, got it wrong. what and did it was, you put, by the way, on the third digit? The third digit, I think at first I put six. Yep. But I knew my fr in my head, I was like, the third digit is eight. And then I was like, yeah, but I get, want well, it you're to getting be six. The similarity in the shape. So yeah. you were partially getting it, but I had a feeling that you were the wrong number. And I was like, okay, okay, delete that last number. Don't think about it so much and put the first one that comes to your mind. And it was crazy because the first one that came to my mind was eight. Yep. But in my head, I'm like, I want it to be six. Right. I want your password's right. you third want, number right. to be six. And if it worked that way, that'd be great. But unfortunately, it doesn't. And, and I'm then, glad you didn't because then it, it wouldn't have worked. And it wouldn't have worked. And I would have been, looked bad. I would have been like, haha, I knew it. Yeah. You scared Burn them at the stakes. Yeah. <laughs> But you said maybe there's a chance that you're going to guess my uh, phone password. Yeah, I could absolutely do that. I mean, that just comes down to whether whether or not you're comfortable with me doing that, obviously, on live in front of your audience. I'm very comfortable with that. Um, I'm totally down. Do you want to give it a shot now? Yeah. Right, cool. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, why not just start yeah. the episode? Let's, let's start it with that. We'll do something wild, and then uh, you can ask me any sort of questions that you'd like, and we'll go from there. So, obviously, you just unlocked the phone face with your ID. face ID. So, do me a favor. Lock it. Okay. It's locked. Um, and I'll take the phone back real quick. Now, I want the camera to be able to see this as well. Uh, obviously, her phone is on Do Not Disturb. she got a lovely little orange or grapefruit as the background. And if I try to swipe up, it says Face ID. doesn't recognize my face. It says, you are not Allie. And it basically brings me to the keypad screen. I so, love the people who are listening to this on iTunes or Spotify yeah, and have no visuals. idea. Well, that's yeah. a great thing about Magic. Magic is able to bridge connections with people. Yeah. And uh, for those of you who are listening, you should be able to get the same takeaway here. 
especially because you'll hear it in the reaction of her yeah, voice. I'm so, so those of you who don't see this happen uh, will be pretty freaked out. So I want you to focus on your code, and I want you to imagine that in front of you there is a PIN code pad, mm -hmm. just like if you were approaching the ATM. And don't mm -hmm. worry, don't think of your ATM passcode because I don't want to wipe out your bank account. So focus on your code right now, the code for your passcode, and it's a four-digit. Is that correct? Uh-huh. Okay, do me a favor. I want you to just think of the numbers. Mm -hmm. Think of the first number. And I want you to imagine your finger scaling across the buttons and just stop when you get to that number. Okay, good. So I almost like felt you like cycle back through the numbers. I don't know if this is a psychological thing. but No, then you... I'm not trying to mess you up. No, no, but that's okay. As soon as you, like I have a little bit of ADD. Yeah, me too. I have and like so the worst ADD. all of the numbers just start cycling, right. and that's but I'm what really I'm, trying that's to what focus. I'm getting. So I want you to imagine your finger going through all of them, but then stopping at your number. Okay. Okay, good. I'm almost feeling that it's a low number. Um, I want to show you, but I kind of don't. So okay. I'm going to show the camera. Try I'm not going to look. look. I'm going to put that first number in here. I've got one out of the four numbers. I want you to think of the next number now. Are you okay. looking at like I'm, where I'm my eyes are see, going? But I'm also trying to get some feelings here. So could you do me a favor? Can you repeat the numbers one through nine out loud? Go ahead now. One, two, three. A little quicker. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, huh. Okay, zero. so that was subtle. So she picked up because I obviously had stated for her to pick up but you slowed down very slightly between six and seven. Will you just look at me? Yeah. Six, seven. Yeah, so the nervous like laugh this. on the seven. I'm gonna oh, go God. with the seven. So I have two out of the three numbers. Uh, the last, the next one I'll do so you can see it. I want you to look at the keypad and I want you to try not to look at your number. Okay, good, she's trying not, but her eyes are literally not moving right now. I'm gonna go with a six and I want you to focus on the last number. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, I can almost hear you in your head and you're saying, Danny, it's not a six. <laughs> you're really close though, it was a three, wasn't it? You're psychotic. Okay, good, and I want you to just think of that last digit and I want you to say that last digit over and over in your mind like you're saying eight, 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 eight. Oh and I know you believe me, but they won't oh until I pull my finger away. Wow. And that is the passcode for Ali's Wow. Phone. And uh, can I send myself all your Bitcoin real quick? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if only I had some. Holy shit. And yeah. for those of you listening, my password is 1738 from, oh, is that um, like Fetty Wap it's a song, song yeah, <laughs> 1738. My cousin will get a kick out of that. He worked with Fetty Wap, so that's for you, Rob. Wow. Wow. I'm oh, impressed. Man. It's so, I like. I can feel your heart is racing. I can even hear it. I can, yeah, like, feel it's it, It's you know? so nuts because, um, as soon as, it, like, as soon as I start to realize that you're going to get it. I'm just like more that's and more. That's when the emotions start yeah, building up. Yeah, it's so like, what is that feeling like for you? Because that's got to feel good. It's exhilarating. It's also nerve wracking. I mean, because at any point in time, I could be wrong. I could follow the wrong intuition. Yes. I could just be reading people wrong. And the craziest part was because on the third number that I guessed on your phone, where right. I didn't get it right the first time, you also didn't get it right, right. on mine. My first intuition was and to I go didn't with the three. Know, and I didn't know if I should tell you, you the way that it. you did to me. And yeah. you picked and up I'm on that. And I'm glad that you didn't because like I almost was going to just go with it. Yeah. But then I was getting the emotion from you. She's like, oh shit, this guy's about to screw this up live on a podcast. Yeah. Maybe I should tell him, but you didn't. I didn't. But I knew. So that was a good thing. Hey, sorry to interrupt this episode, but I have something very important to tell you guys that I didn't want to share in front of Daniel. Um, I have new underwear, new bralettes. Look at how cute these are. Okay. I'm just going to, if you're watching the YouTube, I mean, now's the time to watch. You can see what bras and underwear I'm going to be wearing. I love this. This is from Parade. Shout out to Parade. 
I um I love their underwear. I've been a fan. I've talked about them before I even got sponsored. Look at these. They're so like soft and stretchy and comfy. I love Parade's underwear and I've been dying to get sponsored by them and it's finally happened. Um if you want to get a girlfriend, a mom. I don't know if you'd want to get your mom underwear. One time I got my dad underwear for Christmas and everyone thought it was the weirdest thing ever. Look at it. It has like a little peaky, peekaboo little mesh thing on top. So if you got some upper bush, it can just pop through that. Like when you go to one of those salons where they cut your hair through the holes in the cap. That's kind of like this. You can trim your bush through it. Um, I like it. It gives the bush some room to breathe. I just also like these underwear. They're super comfortable. Like I said, I've talked about it before. If you're a male listener, don't skip forward, okay? Have some underwear at your place. Give them to your girl or give them to someone who... Here's the thing when you hook up with a stranger, okay? You don't always... Not every woman anticipates bringing a change of underwear. Imagine what a pimp you would look like if a girl goes over to hook up at your place. You open the drawer and you're like pick underwear, pick a pair. Because girls don't want to put on their crusty underwear the day after or that night. It's so foul to expect us to do that. Look at how cute these ones are. They're like a tie-dye, tie-dye mesh underwear. Okay, and the reason why I'm excited about this is because I have talked about them on the podcast before. I was talking about a competitor's underwear that I wasn't a fan of that every podcast is sponsored by. And the competitor's underwear falls apart after like three washes. I have underwear that looks like it has a... What, what are those? Tzitzi? The things that um, Jewish people wear every time they make a mitzvah. The nice... You know the braids that go down their outfits? I have underwear that looks like that because all of the... All of the fabric has fallen off after like three washes. Guess what? I've had Parade for a very long time, at least two years, and none of my underwear by them has fallen apart, and they're all so cute. It feels like if Coachella was just in your pants. That's what these underwear are. They're cool, they're comfy, they're cozy. Like, I want to, like, whenever I wear Parade underwear, I'm like, I just want this to be my outfit. And they've gifted me with the bralettes. I haven't had the bralettes yet. And it, guys have no idea what a bralette even is. Guess what? It's like a bra that doesn't even support. This is like one step closer to fraying the nipple. There's no wire in this. There's no frills. It's just a comfy little hug for your breasts. Um, so, I don't know. They get There's cute matching ones. I normally mix and match. Like, here's the thing. I have these underwear. I think this ad's only supposed to be a minute, but I love these underwear. I'm not just trying to be a sellout right now. I genuinely think that these will up. You know when you're having a bad day and you're like, oh, I wish I had, like, lucky underwear to make me feel better. I don't know if these are lucky, but you'll definitely get lucky wearing these. Um, okay, so look at this bralette. Match it. I mean, if you're listening to the audio, just trust me on this. This bralette matches these underwear, but this bralette also matches these other orange underwear, in my opinion. So, okay, go to yourparade.com slash Mac. That's Y-O-U-R-P-A-R-A-D-E dot com slash A-L-I-M-A-C. You get 20% off when you spend $40 or more. And honestly, I think if you're if you're shopping, the bralettes start at $28 and the underwear starts at $8. So get like one bralette or get two bralettes and get your 20% off. Or in my opinion, I would say get one bralette, get a couple pairs of undies, and then use my code ALIMAC, A-L-I-M-A-C, for 20% off. Parade is great. 
They um, they donate their money to LGBTQ plus organizations and they invest in accessible sex education. That's very important. Um, and they just have so many options and they have sizes going from extra small to 3XL. So they have a lot. I really think that you should try them out. At least just go to their website. You don't even need to buy anything. Just check out all the cute stuff they have. It's your parade. Y-O-U-R parade.com slash Allie Mac. A-L-I-M-A-C. You're going to love it. I promise. Okay. Back to the pod. Wow. That is so wild. And like how many times have you tried to do that and it doesn't work? Like what is the it, ratio? It doesn't always work. Uh, the, the ratio, it'd be a tough guess for me to say but um you know it really depends on the information if i don't get something right like a pin code maybe that just means that the person doesn't have enough emotional connection to that yeah. thing that they're thinking of maybe it's just meaningless so i gotta change gears and say okay well maybe think of like the name of your your first kiss or something that holds more weight or gravitas yeah. in your life and then that would actually work a little bit easier it makes me like want to change my passcode yeah, and should. then like well, do, it the, do it again just because it's so fun it yeah, feels it it feels so, I don't know why there's such a, like, is there, um, is there some sort of like psyche, what's the word, like, like, why does it feel so good? Like, why am I on a high right now well, just the, by you dopamine. guessing that? You know, that's what it is. Like, you're just interacting with me and experiencing something that's so foreign to you. I mean, yeah. you may have seen something like this or experienced magic, whether it be in person or online, but you're getting a visceral production of dopamine right to your brain it's like the best drug you can get because it's something that you can produce i don't know if it's endless supplies of but your your brain chemistry is able to produce dopamine at any given time yeah. almost. so it's a i pretty feel like i just drug. got an epi pen yeah it's wild it's why and and you know what that's what keeps me going because the same type of dopamine that's being produced in you that's what I live for. I live for the reactions. I don't do magic to fool you, to try to deceive you, or to put some sort of mental prowess over you. It's not about that because magic is always about the spectator. Yeah. So if I'm able to give you an experience that's unique to make you feel a certain way, that's why I do what I do. So I get the same rush that you get. So that feeling that you have is reciprocated and I'm yes. feeling the same way right now. And that's kind of like we were talking about the similarities between magic and comedy yeah. because it is one of those things where you tell your parents and <laughs> they're a little bit disappointed. Right, they're right. like, why don't you get a normal job? Yeah, exactly. This is kind of embarrassing. But I want to be a wizard mom. Yeah. <laughs> Especially with magic, I feel like there's even more of a stereotype. Oh, because 100%. I put it on my Instagram, you know, for people to send in questions. And it was so many of the same annoying, boring questions. Right. But I, I'm sure that you've heard it all before. Oh, like yeah. when people find out that I do comedy, they're like, tell me a joke. I'm right. sure the same happens. Oh, yeah. Show me something. Or or they get the cute little lines like, oh, can you make my wife disappear? That I got. So, uh, can you can they tell me? Yeah. Right. I got that in right. the questions as well. You know, and also when you think of magicians, there is, like you said, there's that stereotype. You know, you don't think cool. You don't think suave. Although most of the magicians out there who've made a name for themselves are very much that. But when you think of a magician, you might think of like a child's birthday party or, you know, uh, your Uncle Bob who pulled a coin behind your ear when you were six. And I did have a, a Grandpa Bob who would pull coins, Bob. but there's always this like weird thing where it's yeah, like, this it's like feels creepy. a little bit creepy. Yeah, I'm like, definitely. you've never touched me, but pulling a coin from behind my ear right. feels inappropriate. Yeah, it's a violation for sure. <laughs> but I think that's also why I was going to say minute, like... that behind you? No, I'm just Oh kidding. my God, I was about <laughs> to kidding. freak out. <laughs> I, can, I can only handle so right, much. Right, right, that's funny. If you pulled some 
some shit for oh, oh I, mean, I can't i'll save that for the next podcast <sighs> but i think like when we we're talking about the dopamine and why i get so excited and why most people it's almost like this level of intimacy yeah totally. where it feels like someone has seen me yeah. or like yeah you feel I'm, violated but in, in like the best kind of way yes you know? where i'm like you know as much of an oxymoron as that is yeah. But it makes sense because you get it. You feel it. A happy it. violation. A happy violation, yeah. right. Yeah, you're Definitely. mentally assaulting people. <laughs> a lot of people are getting canceled for sexual assault and you're like, I only do mental assault. I only assault. do mental assault. Yeah. That's my forte. Um, and then so the other thing, like with magic, um, there's a community of magicians. Yeah, totally. In, Very I, small community. Yes. With comedy, I feel like there's so many people who try and do stand-up because right. I think with comedy, there's like a cool factor, especially yeah. for dudes. They're like, oh, if I'm funny, I'll get laid and yeah, whatever. Definitely. Do people go into magic to get laid or is it almost um, like... I, I wouldn't say so. If anything... If anything, it's kind of the opposite, yeah, right? If you're doing magic at a young age, you're probably not getting laid. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? I mean, when... When I was getting into it, I loved magic. I was just obsessed with it. Ever since I was a little kid, I, I needed to know how things work. My background is actually as an engineer. I have degrees in engineering. I, I worked as a project manager, had a successful career. My wife is the one who actually told me, a fiance at the time, to quit, to literally quit my career as an engineer and to go and become a full-time magician. And she's probably partially kicking herself, but also partially patting herself on the back right now because it has opened up so many doors for me. I do what I love, I travel all over the world, I get to meet amazing people, regular people, celebrities, athletes, I get to work for great companies, and you know, and I get to see some side of the world that I never thought I would see doing what I love, so. Yeah. Uh, it's fun, it's definitely fun. Um, when, when you were young, so I'm also a very curious person, that's why I like being skeptical of magic right. and skeptical of things, because if I don't know how you answered my phone lock or how I did, yep. I'm like, I need to know. You need to know. And I think that's probably why magic is so addicting, because yep. if you get into it, you get to unlock yes, so all. I needed to know how things worked as a kid. I would take apart the remote control, and half the time I wouldn't be able to put it back together. But, you know, I just loved understanding why things worked a certain way, how things worked. And actually, it was the greatest magic revealed. That was the name of the special. I don't know if you remember back in the 90s. I'm a 90s baby. Um, but when we had the uh, unlocked cable boxes, the illegal cable boxes that would get you all the pay-per-view channels and HBO without the subscription. They used to air, I don't know what channel it was on, but The Greatest Secrets of Magic Revealed. And it was a long special. Oh, I think I remember the this. The Magician, Val Valentino. I watched this in, I was in Catalina for 4th of July. Yeah, I think they recently might have brought it back to Netflix or something. This was a while ago. I think it was on VHS or okay, something. Yeah, that, those were the days. I remember popping my VHS like a blank one or probably like a family video that I should have never recorded over and got yelled at for. But I would pop something in the VHS and record it and just watch it on repeat. And I would watch the segment of them showing the trick before they revealed the secret. Mm -hmm. And my thing was to try, to try to see if I could figure it out and to see if I was right. A lot of the times I was way off. Yeah. But it was still always fun. To me, that was like part of the experience. Oh, here it is. There you go. We got it right there. Magic's All new series. So you can see he he wears that, um, that creepy mask. Uh, yeah. He, he kept his identity concealed for quite some time, actually. He ended up being blacklisted by the, the magic community. I was too young how did, to really How does someone this. get blacklisted? It's kind of more of like a social pressure than anything because I'm pretty sure he's probably still doing his thing. But his name is Val Valentino. He did a, a couple of seasons of the show revealing some of the greatest stage illusions and even but some close-up effects. But doesn't that, isn't that kind of, wouldn't, 
that be a way to get blacklisted? Like, isn't the whole thing well, of that magic was the whole to idea. keep it? Well, that, that was the whole idea. That's why he did get blacklisted, because uh, he kept his identity concealed. He wore a mask on stage. He got a big production uh, big production deal with wh- whoever produced it. And Is he, Chris Angel Val Valentino? Right, that would be the ultimate twist. He actually, they kind of look alike, dark, dark features. I'm going to get to the bottom of this. Yeah, I know. Well, now, now, like, you know, you look back on it and... Back then, all the magicians, you know, I was probably five, six years old. All the magicians were up in arms. Like, who is this guy exposing all of the secrets of magic? People are going to see it and take the fun out of magic and the yeah. mystery and the wonder. But it actually did the opposite. It did the opposite for me because it created mystery, it created wonder. It pulled me into the art. And if he didn't do that special, I probably wouldn't be sitting here right now with you talking or doing any of the things that I've done over the course of my career. So Val, thank you. And uh, don't reveal any more magic, but yeah. good job. Because I think that, that that's true. It's like like magic is special and exciting right. because we don't know. You don't know. It's the unknown. Obviously, there's a way it's happening, but... And I'm the type of person who's like, I want to know. Well, but I, I know as soon as I find out, it's like, it well, now away. it's not fun. Right. Well, there's three. I, I think, I mean, no one's ever really said this, but I think there's three types of people when it comes to magic. There's the, the ones who want to know and need to know. So they just are desperate for the secret. If they mm-hmm. don't know how it works, they hate it. They get frustrated. They feel defeated. Again, this goes back to saying this is not some sort of leverage of what I can do that you can't or that I'm better or smarter than you somehow. But sometimes the audience can interpret it that way and they don't like that and they don't like knowing. Then you have the group of people who know that there's techniques and you know a lot of practice and things that go into achieving what you do, but they don't want to know how it works. Yeah. They enjoy the mystery and they take it for face value. Those are my favorite type of spectators. Not that you're not, because I, I think, think you're somewhere a, in between. I think that's where like, I'm Like I think at. you kind of want to know, but you also appreciate the I like the it. feeling so of like being surprised and excited. So exactly. it's like as much as I want to know, I know it's better off. Better off not Because it's not like if I know, it. I'm going to be able to do, to do it. it. So. Right. And, it, and how much peace of mind will it really give you if you actually know it? You know, like you answer that question to yourself and you go, okay, not much. I'd, I'd rather just have the mystery. Yeah. And then I think the third person or the third group are the people who really truly believe that everything that you do truly is magic. And that's usually children or, uh, or you know other people yeah yeah <laughs> I'll, I'll save the select words for that but people generally believe that i'm a mystic and that i can heal them and all this crazy shit that obviously i can't do but um i mean what i do is obviously a combination of deception and and technique and trickery but i'm also using psychology and influence and body language and observation and intuition to give the illusion that i'm a mind reader yeah so what are like the common or what's what's kind of like an annoying thing or what takes the fun out of it by revealing that you do magic or mentalism? Um, Is that the right word? Mentalism? Mentalism. Yep, that's okay. the right word. Ment- uh, I do mentalism. I'm a mentalist. Uh, can you rephrase the question for me? I'm not sure if I got that. So like when people say like, uh, can you make my wife disappear right. or like... What are kind of like the thing? Because for me, it's like, don't ask me to tell. Like, that's why I was nervous to have you on the podcast. I wasn't expecting you to do any magic yeah, we're just because. Having a conversation and having because a good time. I know for me, it's like, I don't want to be put on the spot. Comedy is a little bit well, different. Well, I guess the best parallel I can kind of create to that is that people just expect it. So, you know, obviously what I do brings people joy. It creates dopamine, yeah. a physical chemical release in their brain that makes them feel a certain way. So people are addicted to it. They want it. They want to see it. They want to feel it. Um, I could do 10 shows in a week 
and be exhausted from working and then show up at a family barbecue or a friend barbecue or drinking, having, having a good time, just hanging out. And somebody will come up to me and say, hey, this is my buddy from college who's meeting all of you for the first time. You got to show him something. And, you know, most of the time I'm, I'm down. I'm yeah. always game to have a good time and to, you know, share what I do. But a lot of the times recently after transitioning from it being just a hobby to now being a sole source of income and in my career and what I do for a living, it it gets to the point where I don't always want to perform. Yeah. You know, that's like if, you know, if you came over to my house just to hang out and have dinner and I said, Allie, go do a stand-up set for my friends real quick. Just five minutes. They'll love it. Just just five quick minutes. You'd be like, dude, what the fuck? You know? Yeah. And so. I feel like, I don't know if it's the same for you, but with comedy, it, we were talking about this a little bit beforehand, but like so much of stand-up is the environment totally. being around other people being like buying tickets yep. having your night like looking right forward to that going to the show totally. you know like all of that plays into the show the yeah, temperature absolutely. of the room like oh, yeah. everything really like makes a show better or, or worse. not as good yep totally and so when i'm you know just out and about and someone's like be funny i'm like this is yeah it feels like dance monkey dance type yeah of a thing. i'm like naturally i'll be somewhat funny maybe right. depending on my mood right. but like if you want to see me yeah, be and funny, you never want to force anything to too so when you're in that situation and somebody's forcing you and i and i use that word loosely when someone is requesting you on the spot to perform or to tell a joke or, hey, you know, if you're, it's like if you were a plumber and I said, hey, I got a leak in my basement and you're just here at a barbecue and I said, come down, you're doing work. You're taking them out of their comfort zone yes. in that moment. And again, um, I've learned to draw the line. You know, now that it went from a hobby to a full-time career and I started getting requested to perform and we were out just hanging out, I would get frustrated at first. But then I realized like, okay, I need to draw a line because what's happening is, I'm forgetting to separate passion from profession. Yeah. And what has always been a passion for me is now feeling like work when people are saying, show me something, show me something. And I never wanted to lose that flame. Yeah. What keeps me going, that thing that I thrive off of. So um, I've figured out how to toe the line and I figured out how to deal with people in that scenario. And more likely than not, I'll oblige. And if I'm really, really tired or just burnt out, I'll, I'll say, hey, you know, maybe a little bit. Let me grab a drink and I'll show you something afterward. And a lot of the times they they'll either just forget, or if they're really that interested and they push the button, then they'll get to see something. Yeah, but do you feel like with magic, it's a little bit easier to do it, or certain things like outside of the typical environment where you feel the most comfortable? Sometimes, doing it? Um, sometimes the environment is really important. Having a good environment is a good thing. But I also think that there's something special about ha having it be impromptu. You know, like I wasn't even necessarily expecting to try to guess your passcode today, but because we just went with the vibe, it ended up being more impactful for you because you're like, how the hell could he have known this? Yeah. So, you know, it's things like that that are off the cuff that also make things more special. So, you know, you kind of have to take it as it is, take it with a grain of salt and appreciate it for face value. Yeah. Um, I want to show you a trick. Uh-oh, she's got one. You didn't tell me that. This is impromptu. I didn't tell you this. Um, this is a very bad trick. Um, I mean, you, I imagine, know this trick because it's the easiest trick well, in the Well, this book. is how my wife picked me up, by the way. Really? Yeah, everyone thought it would be the opposite me. Wait, what happened? How did you guys meet? Uh, well, we met in college, but... Obviously, I carry a deck of cards around me everywhere I go. And even if you look Wait, so most of my pants pockets, these are a fairly new pair of pants. But you got the card I get, outline? I get like the outline from the denim stretching out where the deck is. 
Yeah. And we How were... often do you have to buy a new deck? Uh, well, during this time, like COVID, I pretty much use a new deck every show I do just to make the audience comfortable. It doesn't bother me, but oh, just that toss them sense. out. It's it's a commodity, disposable, throw them away. But I'm also a playing card collector. I have one of the one of the largest collections in the world. A lot of people have started collecting more and more over the years. So people are catching up to me, which is a good thing because I need to cut back. And my wife is definitely nodding her head and agreeing. Yeah. But I have somewhere close to like 10,000 decks in my collection. Wow. Which is where do you keep them? enough to build a house of cards. Yeah. Uh, where do I keep them? In my house. I have a big studio at home. It's like an office, magic lab, you know, that wow. kind of a thing. And I just have closets and shelves filled with cards from uh, the Civil War. I have cards that are pre-Civil War, like 1700s. Uh, cards that are hand painted from that era. I've got cards from World War One and Two, uh, casino decks like you're holding right now, the Sahara Casino. I actually Shout have a variation of that one. Yeah, I don't think it's standing anymore. But. And I also, you were telling me that these cards they have kind of like a, well, yeah, they're eight. Well, they you have can like see a the divot face. in them. What's oh, it called? Oh, yeah. So you're referencing the. So like right here, the there's cut, like a little like cut. A Right there, it's like a yeah. It's yeah, they call that canceling the cards. So canceling. casinos will frequently either uh, chip out a divot on the side of the profile of the deck, just like she has there, or more commonly, you see on the on the newer cards or post '90s, they'll cut the corner, um, like a big cut off the corner, or they'll punch a hole through or drill a hole rather through the whole deck, and then that way, you know, if you go to the gift shop or you know the swap meet down the road and you find a casino deck, you can't go to the casino and swap that card in would be nice though it would be nice it would, it would be, be nice. nice do you ever go to the casino i do i do but do you have uh, fun uh, or are you like blacklisted from yeah casinos? more or less i mean if i went i i think it's like discrimination there was like a lawsuit against this from the society of american magicians or somebody wanted to file a class action but essentially they were able to certain casinos were able to get a blacklist of of all the registered magicians that are wow, part of the like club. Wow, like registered sex offenders. Yeah, pretty much. And these are just magicians who are hobbyists. Some of them are professionals, but they're registered and they pay their dues every year to be part of the club. And, um, you know, if you win over a certain amount when they ask for your ID to make sure you're not a felon or on probation or whatever. Or a magician. Or a magician. They could legally deny you your winnings. Wow. So it was like a big thing. But if I go, I'm usually, uh, just to play it safe, I, I play low limit tables or yeah. I give my wife my chips and she'll go to the cage and cash them out. And yeah. That, it's that's so fun. Gambling is so yeah, addicting. Yeah. Oh, is. I love well, that's, it. That's what we're talking about—the dopamine. I'm you know? going to Vegas right after this. Oh, okay, nice. Is there? What's your? Do you have like a favorite casino in Vegas? Um, or I one like. That you would I like recommend? the Bellagio and the Cosmo. Those, those have fun vibes. I mean, I performed at the Bellagio. I performed at the Aria and the nightclub. Um, I've I've never had a residency down there, but I don't intend to. Um, I just could never live full time in Vegas. I mean, I'm based out of New York, and yeah. I work all over the world in the U.S., but I could just never live full-time there. that was another question i had was so with comedy there's so many different like paths you can take yeah. with being a comedian some people's goal is to have a netflix special or hulu or showtime or whatever some people's goal is to have a tv show that right. they write and create you know some people just want to be touring comedians yep. i imagine it's similar yeah definitely i mean everyone has different aspirations for me i just love the ability to connect with people so as long as i'm working whether it's a small private show or if it's a large event for celebrities like the one that you heard about me from yeah um you know it, it doesn't matter who i'm performing for if i'm performing for people i'm happy that's I'm how doing, i feel I'm with stand-up 
Um, there's different environments. Obviously, I do close-up entertainment and I do stand-up. Close-up is what you would imagine at a cocktail Wait, so party. So it's called stand-up. Yeah, I call it stand-up. I do a so stand-up show. So the opposite show. of the opposite of close-up magic would it's be like stand-up. Stand yep. wow. Well, let me let me clarify just so I'm not confusing you. But close-up would be like what you would imagine if you've ever seen a professional entertainer, mystery entertainer, magician who's worked like a cocktail uh, hour at a wedding or a party. We walk around, we mingle. The entertainment, the magic, the mind reading is happening up close and personal. Maybe groups of three to five at a time. And then on the flip side, we have stand-up. Stand-up is where I'm performing for a seated audience just like a stand-up comedian. You know, you're on stage, you're on a mic, everybody is seated, and it's a one-through performance. So yeah. from start to finish. I like both. I think they both have their different elements that mm -hmm. I appreciate. A lot of the times my clients will sandwich it and they'll say, hey, we want you to do a little bit of close up and then after dinner do a full length show or whatever length show and then do a little bit more after. So I kind of custom tailor it for whatever the client needs. I'm gonna start doing close up stand up. Close up comedy. Close up comedy. I'm just gonna get <laughs> right in the middle of it, yeah, sit just on walk someone's up to a group lap. In Starbucks and make them laugh, you know? So even just like shuffling the cards in front of you, I'm like nervous, yeah. I'm her like, hands, I wanna do a good shuffle. My hands are a little bit moist, the cards are getting stuck on my fingers. But um so how long does it typically take to like really because you were doing all these like cool like the water fountain is that what it's called yeah there's like... some flourishes and cardistry cardistry is like a whole niche but those cards I was telling her that they're printed by the United States playing card company which is hands down the best playing card company in the world and that's they, right I have the best card the and they're vintage which makes them even more cool but um, I was just showing her how how sharp the edges are cut so when a deck of cards is printed it's printed on a, on a sheet yeah. Like a poster and a blade comes down mm. and it, they perforate the cards, but then a blade comes down and it cuts the cards into individual cards and then they get, you know, collated into the deck. Now what happens is kind of like a steak or a piece of wood when that blade cuts down, even though the paper is super thin, it creates a grain and it creates a direction. So I took the cards and I weaved them into each other. And even though this deck Yeah, that is, was crazy. Do you mind trying that again? Yeah, I can try. Again? It, that it, was, it's a little rough because they aren't They're pretty new. old. Um, and they're and um, they're all moist now. Yeah, it would work better with like a different deck. But, but I didn't even realize that that was like something you could do. Right angle. But you can see that they kind of just weave right into each other. And that's a testament to the quality of uh, That's such of a the cool cards. way to shuffle. Now, if I were to take the cards this way and try to do that, you'll notice that there's resistance here. Yeah. And that's because the grain is only going in one direction. So in this instance, that's back to uh, back to front, and that's where the resistance is. But if I turn the deck, what? And I do front to back, the grain is now lined up, and then those cards will then weave right into each other. And again, mind you, this deck is pretty old, uh, about thirty or forty years old. So it's impressive to even be able to do it just with that. That's so crazy. Yeah. Um, so like when you're, so you said that you got into magic from a young age, you mm -hmm. were impressed by it. You loved it. What are like the beginning steps? Cause maybe there's someone who's listening to this podcast who wants to get into it. Um, yeah, that's a good question. I learned, I, well, the, the first thing that I did is I went to the library and those magicians who follow me who are watching this are probably going to realize I'm about to say this wrong, but I think it's like 795.3. Somebody fact check me. It's the Dewey Decimal number mm. for the magic section. Okay. So I went to that section. Obviously, I haven't been to that section in quite a few years. That's why the number is escaping me right now. But I literally went to the library and every library in my town and took out every single book on the topic of magic, conjuring, prestidigitation, you name it. You've, you know, You name it, I found the book on it. I went back home and I just spent hours reading the books, going through them, 
half the stuff was way over my head, but I would just do what I could learn and demonstrate on my brother. And that's kind of how I got into it. So books are a great resource. There's a lot of really great free books out there uh, on reading people, on learning card tricks and sleight of hand. And that's always a good starting step. And then if, you, uh, if you're looking for a more in-depth resource, reach out to me uh, on Instagram. Daniel Nicholas, Daniel Nicholas Magic. Magic. Yeah. So sleight of hand, like what did, what was kind of the process for you specifically in terms, because obviously you do magic, close up, stand up, and then you also do like mentalism yep. and sleight of hand and all yep, of that. Yep. So for you, what kind of came first and then how did you start getting into the other That's areas? a good question. Um, I got into it with basic sleight of hand and simple mind games, like influence tricks. Like, I don't know if you've ever seen anyone, they tell you to say the number three. And then 33. So go ahead. We'll try it. It might not okay. even work, but say three. Three. 33. 33. 333. 333. And go as far as you can. Keep going. Oh, and just I'm add so a three. bad. I, it's okay. I, just go with it. Uh, 3,333. 3,333. And do me a favor. Think of a vegetable now. Carrot. Exactly. And I was going to say it before you did, but the way that that's working, I was going to prove that I knew she would name a carrot, but that's influence. So basically three, 33, it's building a pyramid. What shape does a carrot have? It's kind of like triangular. Oh, wow. And I also told you to think of a vegetable and I reinforced it with mm. the V. So that's a kind of basic stuff that I learned in a book and I would have friends do it and I'd tell them, think of a vegetable and I'd so you're thinking of a carrot, aren't you? And they'd freak out. It truly took me so long there. to make sure in my head, I was like, is a carrot a vegetable? Is a carrot a vegetable? And right. then I and said it out loud. I was like, it. okay. Yeah, yeah. So there's other ways. You know, I could ask you to think of a tool. You know, you have a tool in mind. Hammer. Right. So now you're aware of what I'm doing. Yeah. So she saw me with the hammer going like this, and she's obviously new. But if you do this, say, you know, clear your mind, think of a tool. Nine out of 10 people will think of a hammer. Yeah. Well, I used to play this game. I feel like I'm unlocking all of these childhood memories just by talking to you. But yeah. I used to play this game with my cousins, and they first would do it on me. And I was like, okay. how are you guys doing this? This is so annoying. Oh, like the Swami game? Is that what you're talking about? I don't know what it was called, but essentially, like, we would have like a pool party. My cousins had a pool. We'd have people over yep. and they would play this game where they would say, since Tara's my daughter, I can read her mind and she can read mine because we have a close connection. Right. We have a bond. And so they would go around and they would be like, Tara knows what I'm thinking about. I'll list off you know, items that we could see right, and then exactly. she'll and say you which, would one guess which one it is. Yeah. My and aunt and uncle did something very similar. Yes. And so th they would say like, Oh, is it the, is it the light? And she'd be like, no, is it the fan? No. Yep. And then you would know. But the yep. thing, the way that they would know is yeah, because is, uh, they would use an adjective right okay. before. Is yeah. it the white Some fan? Some sort of a code that you would use with each other. Yes. I think ours was like red, white, and blue. Mm. So we could repeat it. And then it was the item after the red item the first time. Then the next one, it would be the item after the white item. You yeah, know, we'd always know, and oh, they, my aunt and uncle, would do it, and he would come out, and he would say, "I'm the great Swami, and I'm gonna read your mind." And I, maybe that's why I came up with the name when I just said it to you. Yeah, but yeah, it goes back to the childhood and having that kind of uh, thing around me. So when your family did that, was that before you were interested in magic, or um, was that? Well, kind my of... family is—they're odd, odd people. I mean, we're artists and musicians and creatives from both sides of the family. So, you know, I had that kind of an interest always in my family, that kind, that kind of a thing. Like my grandfather was the ultimate prankster. I mean, even in, even in his late 90s, he passed away a few years ago, but uh, he was a Marine and he's just a hearty guy and always took care of himself. And even, even in his old age, when he was in the wheelchair, he used to do a little prank where he would uh, take a spool of like white thread mm -hmm. and put it in, in an inner breast pocket. And then he would weave the thread 
through. So it, there'd be like a white thread on his jacket and somebody would come up to him and like pluck the thread off and be like, oh, there's a little thread. And then he would walk backwards or lean back and he'd be like, oh, you're ruining my suit. You know, like to prank them. Yeah. And even in his old age, this guy would still do it. He'd hit like reverse on his like motorized chair and he'd go back and, you know, he's 94. But, um, you know, he was the type of guy who had a, a quarter glued down onto a nail's head and nailed it into our floor in our house. So the house that I grew up in is the house that my dad grew up in. And we always had that quarter in the living room and friends would come over and try to pick it up and it wouldn't move. He was just a prankster. He was into that. that. So I think that kind of being around that, uh, another shout out I'll give is at my very first birthday party, my parents hired a magician for my Mm -hmm. siblings, my older brother, my older sister, cousins, family. So they had a magician. Obviously I was one years old. I couldn't really enjoy the show, but they had a magician for everyone else. Subsequently, we had magicians in different various years, my fifth birthday, whatever. I got into magic around that age. Now, fast forward fast forward from that point, probably about 18 years, I came home from college one summer and I joined the local SAM, the Society of American Magicians. Mm. And they had a chapter on Long Island that I would drive out to and go to their monthly once a month meetings. And I reconnected with Magic Jeff who was the magician who wow. did my first birthday. And now him him and I are great friends. How did you realize that he was the guy? Because, uh, like, you know, there's not that many magicians out there that are professional on Long Island. And we had a picture of him growing up with him with that traditional fire wallet and my brother and sister in the photo and him, like, making the flames come out of his wallet. And obviously we had him do, a, like, several other shows as I got older. So I always remembered Magic Jeff. And then as I got older, I linked the dots and... I told him and he barely remembered doing my party. He was probably course, in his 20s. Yeah. And now he's, you know, uh, Jeff, I apologize. I'm not sure. I think he's over 50 now. But he's got a son who's a little bit younger than me in his first or second year of college. And now we're great friends. We talk like once a week. And uh, it, it's just kind of funny how things come full circle. Totally. I I'm I just unlocked another memory. I had a birthday. I think it was like my fourth or fifth birthday. And it's so weird. I I mean, this has nothing to do with the story, but I just find it kind of funny. I was living in Long Beach, and I was actually neighbors with Dylan and Cole Sprouse. Okay. The twins from Big Daddy. Their grandma. And so they were at Wait, my they're birthday. Twins? They're twins. And they didn't utilize any, like, crazy stuff that they could in that no, movie for they just the fact swapped, that there was an extra Yeah, one? instead of child ah, labor laws, that. they're like, we'll just tag in the yeah, other brother. Yeah, work half as much yeah. for the same pay. And so they were at my birthday. <laughs> it was, like, I think my fourth or fifth birthday. Okay. And we had a magician, a, a kind of like a team of magicians. Is there a name for that? I think they were actually clowns, so now okay. I feel bad. Yeah, but the th- clowns there, there did were magic. They were clowns who did magic. They yeah. did magic. Right. And they made... The bonus package. I remember being very young, and it stands out to me. They made like uh, one of the... Uh, parents bras come off oh yes and i was like this is so this is my fourth birthday right. and i'm about to see some titties right, right, unexpected right. exactly yeah i've seen variations where they do it to the men and they like take two handkerchiefs in either side of the pants and then they pull out like a pair of like pink lingerie panties and yeah the man is supposed to oh, be embarrassed fun. on stage you know yeah um but what was i gonna say you're unlocking memories. I'm unlocking memories left and right. What are like the stereotypes? Because when you were talking about growing up and being interested in magic, like a lot of people say like, oh, if you're a comedian, you must come from like a really bad childhood and have all right. this trauma. Is there kind of like a stereotype in the world yeah, of def- magic? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think the stereotype is only really 
perpetuated within the magic community, mm-hmm. but you know, you were either a loner, didn't have many friends, you're a geek or a nerd, which by the way, I was all four of those things. Yeah, I'm like, um, man, I could have been a magician with yeah, that right, description. Right? We just fall right into the category. Um, but those are pretty much the stereotypes, you know, because you you had to have some amount of isolation to practice and learn. Yeah. Um, there had to be something that pushed you in that direction, whether it was an interest for it or a lack of being good at other things. Um, that wasn't necessarily my case. You know, I loved playing sports and all those other things, but I just loved magic. So yeah. that really pushed me to it. But uh, a lot of magicians now will admit that, oh, yeah, the only reason I got into it is because I can never play baseball or, or you know, this reason or that reason. Or, you know, I didn't have many friends, so this was a way for me to try to open up and learn how to talk to people. Yeah. You know, and, and I'm sure it, it is a great way to do that. I yeah. think there, there's got to be some amount of finesse to it to make that oh, work. Because totally, if you're like, hey, totally. guys, want to see my magic? You're like, no, I'm right, good. Right, exactly. It's, like, if over, you're it's like, like, who are you? Why are you, why are you trying yeah, to... Yeah, if you're like, you I, can, I can blow your mind, then I'd yeah. be like, I'm in. Yeah. Hey, it's me again. I wanted to read this ad, um, not when I was recording the episode with Daniel. So here I am. Isn't Daniel incredible? He blew my mind. And speaking of getting your mind blown, there's an app, there's a website called Dipsy, D-I-P-S-E-A. And it's like, it's like these erotic stories. So instead of like watching porn, which can be so catered to men, and honestly, very predictable. You you kind of know every time what you're going to get from porn. Dipsy is unique. It has so many different stories and it lets you use your imagination a little bit more because it's not just showing you everything. I know for me, if I'm watching porn, I like have the phone in my face so I can see what's happening. It's so close to my eyes. It falls on my face. And then I'm like, I'm thinking more about the FBI guy who's watching me touch myself than I am like enjoying the moment. You know, and I think for someone who's like all, especially in today's day and age when everything is like so overstimulating and distracting and stuff. Dipsy's so incredible because it's just audio. It's these, um, it's almost like role-playing scenarios, you know? It kind of gives you these stories and talks you through these different situations. Like, you know, your hometown crush comes back for summer and he's finally got a thing for you. Or like, you know, the girl or guy next door is down. They want more than just sugar to borrow. But it talks you through all of this. So you can have your phone off to the side. You don't need to have it right in your face staring at someone's massive dong, you know. This is a more um, playful way of uh, of pleasuring yourself. I like it a lot. You can listen to, like, trial. Like, if you go to their website, you can listen to, like, um, small little snippets to kind of get an idea. I don't know if I'm, like, really explaining it that well. But it's really cool. They have so many options. They have girl-on-girl stuff. They have guy-on-girl. They have guy-on-girl on third party joining them. They have so many things to... Um, to listen to and if you want to try it out which I highly recommend even if you want to just like listen to it to see what I'm talking about um you can go to uh Dipsy's website d-i-p-s-e-a stories.com slash Allie Mac dipsystories.com slash a-l-i-m-a-c um this is what I didn't realize. I was I was reading through what I need to talk about, and I was like, I got this. I already know. I've listened to some of these. I like it a lot. I'm a fan. I didn't realize this. 
If you need to wind down, Dipsy also has wellness sessions, sensual bedtime stories, and soundscapes to help you relax before you drift off. Imagine hearing some hot and heavy, sexy little like high school reunion type of Dipsy story where you get to make out with the football star who bullied you, and then you get to hear the rainforest right after to cool down. That sounds lovely. That sounds great. Dipsy Stories, D-I-P-S-E-A Stories.com slash A-L-I-M-A-C. You're going to get um, a full access free 30-day trial when you go to DipsyStories.com slash Mac. Now back to the magic. Yeah, or if like, you know, you're in a conversation and you casually drop the fact that you're a professional magician and people are like, wait a minute. You're a professional magician? Well, what does that even mean? Yeah, I like, think when you add the word professional in front, you're yeah, like, Yeah, right. Anytime okay. you preface it by adding, You've done all the awkward <laughs> nice phases adjective. of like wearing a cape or whatever right, right, and right. making parties weird. All those studio headshots with the card fans yes. and like, you know. Do you have those? The like I do. Unfortunately, I uh, deleted all of them That's from smart. the history of the internet. So have fun finding it. That's like the same thing with stand-up. Everyone's photos. It'll be like them with a microphone Yeah, with the being mic. Like, or, Meanwhile, the mic is like unplugged. Like. Or it's like a banana. It's <laughs> yeah. a banana microphone. Yep. Um, okay. So you're going to so show me something, right? I'm going to show you my trick. It's very obvious. Um, I have no, but I feel like there's a way to do it. And this is why um, like sleight of hand and distraction yeah. and disillusionment really come into play because I have no. Well, we're going to find out. I mean, you already know the trick. There's no way you don't. Okay. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll pretend I'm amazed no matter what. Okay. So I have a regular deck of cards. You've already seen them. You know, they're a real deck. There's no jokers in here though, but you know, you saw me shuffling it. I've never, I've done nothing to these okay. cards. Okay. I'll take your word for it. Um, I'm going to have you, I'm going to fan out the cards and whenever you feel it in your heart and soul, just tell me when to stop. Okay. Okay. Stop. Okay. Now, do you see your card? I do. Okay. I haven't done this trick in a long time. It's okay. Okay, so now I'm going to shuffle the card. She's not nervous at all, guys. I'm going to shuffle, and I'm going to guess. You know your card? Yes, I do. Okay. Um, I'm just looking through it. Is... Should, I, should I write it down to show the audience? Yeah, sure. And okay, I have it don't, ready. Don't look at my notepad. Okay. I already have it ready. Oh, fuck. Oh, you just saw oh, the I screen? Oh, I forgot. I know. We, we I, forgot that there's where live monitoring up. the show on the I screen I messed here. up. I chose this as your card, but it was the one behind it. Okay, well, you know what? You we, know how I did it, though, We all can't be professional right? magicians out. No, yeah. I'm just kidding. That was a good effort. I mean, you were close. You were one off. I was really trying to, like, sell it. You know what? She's also just trying to prove that this is a normal deck of cards and that magic doesn't work 100% of the time. And while you have your deck of cards, we'll do something with your deck. Shuffle it. Okay. Is there, so are there different names for the shuffling techniques? Because I saw my cousin shuffle and it irritated the shit out of me. Yeah. He did this. He Okay. So he had his thumbs on the corner yep. of the deck and then he only did the corners shuffled oh. and it makes it so hard to bridge. To bridge. Yeah. So that creates less friction on that. the cards, which actually makes it easier to bridge at, at the initial because mm -hmm. there's the less friction of the cards touching, but you kind of need to pivot your hands inward yeah, and then have them line up edge to edge. I didn't like the way it looked. It yeah. really bothered me. Yeah. Do you have a favorite oh, well, technique? So um, that's what's called a riffle shuffle. And then I'm uh, a riffle girl. Yeah, so obviously that's a riffle shuffle. And then there's also like, you know, you can do it this way. This is like in India, they do a Hindu shuffle. Ooh. So there's a lot of different ways to do, you know, shuffling cards. But uh, here's what we'll do. Is there a way to tell that someone's like a noob or maybe someone's not as good as magic? Like what are the... Because with comedy, when I'm watching certain comics, I 
I'll hear a joke and I'll go, oh, they must be new because yeah, that's time. kind of like everyone's beginner joke. Yeah, well, sometimes you can tell if somebody's nervous, um, how they handle the cards, where they're at. So, you know, there there are some tells in that regard. Yeah. But, um, you know, I don't really see too many people out there working who yeah. aren't polished or don't really know what they're doing, more or less. So usually it's, you know. Are there like open mics into. for magic or is it just kind there of like a very sometimes. lonesome? Yeah, it's not the same like comedy. Like sometimes comedy clubs will have a space where they'll say, hey, we have an open spot. Any sort of talent can come and sing. And But it's always it's not always the best environment. Um, yeah. So I, I haven't really done too many. I've done a handful of comedy clubs and stuff. But Okay, so what am I doing with this deck? I'm okay, shuffling so, it. Uh, this is your deck of cards. Yeah regularly shuffled all the cards are mixed actually what we'll do is i don't even want to touch them or shuffle them okay. or rearrange them in any way you can leave them right on the table okay and i'm going to try to see if i can make a prediction and this is see. different than the deck of cards that you brought yes yeah because okay. well both i really can't change but that's going to be a little bit more of an impossible oh prediction my God. but i'm going to just see and again what's so cool about it is this is a borrowed deck of cards she's just shuffled them so obviously there's no way i can know the order of the deck but we'll we'll try this Okay, I'm going to write something down similar to what I just did with the card that I was thinking of, uh, that you were thinking of rather, but this time this is a card that I'm thinking of. And I'm not going to show anybody yet. I'll place the pad down right here. We'll get back to it. You'll turn it over in just a moment. And if you flip it that way, actually, if you flip it this way. But am I supposed to flip it now? Uh, I'll tell you when, but okay. if you flip it this way, you can flip it to the camera okay. and it will be oriented the right way. That way there's no confusion. Uh, hold the deck in your hands. Okay. And what I want you to do is this is all going to be about feeling, okay? So just hold it in one hand and put the camera in view. And I want you to just pick up about half the cards. Okay. Maybe about half the cards or a little less than half, whatever feels right. And bring your hands a little lower, a little, just a little lower. Good. Now, here's what I want you to do. If that didn't feel right, mm -hmm. if that didn't feel like the spot that you want to cut to, because again, where you cut is going to change the outcome of this. Yeah. So if that doesn't feel like the right spot, you can drop it and cut it a different spot. Okay. I like when they're all even yeah, and like good, good. flat. That's what I we call squared up. Squared yeah, up. Yeah, when the cards are flush, we call them squaring up the okay, cards. Okay, I like good. this. Good, so that was, this feels that, heavy. that was good. Now, does that feel right to you? It feels right. Because if you're not certain, you can even drop a little. Okay, maybe we'll drop a little bit. Good, good. And again, this is all her decision. Now take the part that you are holding okay. and turn it yeah. face up. Okay. And place it right on top of the deck face up. Whoa, you know what's crazy? This is the card That's from the before. card that I was thinking. Okay, so because that's the one, uh, and you could put the cards flush, okay. squared up. Yep, just like they were normal. Okay. Uh, and because that was the card that you were thinking of earlier, I was, was going to stop here. Was that supposed to happen or was that? No, that's pure coincidence. Um, okay. I was going to stop here, but because that card is too coincidental, we'll go one step further. Okay, great. So this time what I want you to cut is... That is weird though, that right? That is weird. Yeah, coincidence. I yeah. mean, one in 52, the odds are not astronomical, but they're pretty slim. Uh, do me a favor. This time pick up again, but maybe a little deeper. But than now where these are all... That's fine. Okay. Don't worry. And cut a little bit deeper than where you cut okay, last I'm gonna time. Okay, I'm going to do a heavy, heavy little... And um, turn that over once more and then just place it flat on the deck. Okay. Now here's what I want you to do. I want you to spread through those face-up cards. Doesn't this stress you out that some of them are up and down? A little it bit, but... It, I have like... We I'm like... <sighs> well, don't worry. We're going to get through this quick anyway and we'll put them back to normal. But hold the deck in your hands. Okay. And I want you to spread through the face-up cards. And I want you to... Yep, spread through the face-up cards. And I want you to stop once you get down to the very first face-down card. The card that I can't see. Oh, okay. Yeah, and just take all the face-up cards and just put them to the bottom of the deck. Turn okay. them over and just put them back okay. normal. That so way you can feel less feel OCD good. stressed right now. I feel good. So let's just think about this for a second. You shuffled the deck of cards. You yeah. cut it randomly several yeah. times. You cut to different positions. Mm -hmm. And now there's one card at the top of your deck. Yeah. What are the odds that the card that you randomly shuffled and cut to 
and made all the decisions of happens to match the card that I wrote down on the paper in front of you. I want to say it's not a lot, but because you're magic, I'm going to say the odds are pretty good. Pretty good. So she's confident in me, but she's right to say that the odds are pretty statistically impossible because not only do we have to get the exact position, but we have to get the exact card. So I think that's like 52 factorial, which if you do the math, I think that's like an endless number of possibilities. Yes. And mind you, I'm not a math major. I was an engineer, but not math. Turn over the top card. Let's take a look. Oh, okay. It's a jack of... Jack of clubs. I call it the upside. The okay, so I was close. Clubs. I was okay. close. Why don't you uh, flip it over and show oh, it's everyone gonna what I be, It's going to be exactly... What is it? God <laughs> damn it! That is so wild. And again, I mean, this deck of cards came from your purse. That is so wild. And I wrote down the card even before you even cut the cards. Yeah. The cards weren't even mixed or shuffled at this point, and I made this... Kind of an so open prediction. What? I mean, I don't want you to reveal anything. Um, you know what? Like now that you're warm, let's continue this real quick. I just okay. want to kind of continue this. Yeah, so, I'm so down. Uh, before I came in, I even asked you to think of a place. Yeah. Now, do you happen to remember that place still? I do. Okay, let me ask you a question. Do you happen to know the population of this place that you're thinking of? Roughly. Roughly? Okay. Well, and I want to say the reason why is because you asked me privately to look at the population. And, so and I had you, an right, idea. Right. So, because I said to her, I said, hey, listen, I want you to think of a place, but I don't want you to think of a place that you wouldn't know. I also don't want this to be a place that's super obvious. Do you know the population? Can you give me an estimate? And she said, yeah. So that's good. So you have a rough estimate. You don't know the exact number, but what? What do you know? The number of digits? Yes. Okay. So do me a favor. Just think of the number of digits. Okay. I'm so scared. Okay. So this is what I'm thinking. Uh, how many digits is it? There's six. Six. Okay, so we're in the hundreds of thousands. But we did. I did mention outside that it was about six digits right, long. Right. Oh, you did say that. I, I did I, okay. say that. Okay. So to be fair, I didn't hear you say that. Okay. I think you knew. Do you know the first digit? Yeah. Well, this could be like deductive reasoning at this point. But what's the first digit? Four. Okay. Good. So forget about forget about <laughs> oh, the population. God. I just want you to think of the place because. I don't want you to think that because maybe you told me I was going to just try to go for the numbers, but I don't want the audience to think that because you had given me a loose uh, idea of the rough estimation that this is somehow I'm doing this. So instead of the population, let's think of the place. Okay. Yes or no, is this, is this a place that you've been to? Actually, you know what? Don't even answer that question okay. because, again, I don't want people to think that maybe I'm probing you or that I did some research. Interesting. Uh, all right, so I know that the population of this place is fairly small, but again, I don't know whether she's thinking of a state, a city, a country, so we know it's probably around 400,000, give or take a half a million. But again, if this was a city, that'd be a lot of people. If this was an entire country, that'd be small. Focus on this now. I'm getting the impression that you're thinking of a place in Europe. Not, not necessarily Europe, actually. I'm seeing it is in the West. No, it's in the East. It's definitely in the East. I'm going to go with this. I'm seeing the Middle East, actually. Small place. Oh, I'm scared. This is so so weird because um, I don't want you to look at the at the screen yet. Okay, because I'm not this, look. this is weird. This is where my buddy lives, but this was the first thing that I was getting. Now I don't know why, but I think that this might have something to do with like the size and the shape of this place, and that's why I don't want you to even see it. So I'm gonna throw that out. Um, okay, focus on this place now. Wait, then what was that? That was my initial impression, and I think it makes sense now. Just be honest, yes or no only, are you thinking of Israel? Yeah. You are? Yeah. Can you think of a more specific place in Israel? Focus on the first letter. 
What's the first letter? T. T. So it's Tel Aviv, isn't <laughs> yeah. it? Nice. Was that what you showed to the camera? I actually wrote Rhode Island. Oh, interesting. Because I was getting like a small, small like state. And then I realized, wait, we're not in the U.S. Okay, so my first initial reaction of being in the Middle East yeah. led me to know that it wow. wasn't So that was just kind of like a gut feeling I went with. <sighs> that was cool. I just, like now <laughs> I hate this because... I'm so easily impressionable where like I went to the UFC for the first time oh, and right after I started taking jujitsu. <laughs> really? And so now I'm like, <laughs> she's going to be, be, she's gonna be like cards. a level seven mage by next week. Watch. It's so, uh, it's so cool. It, you have it, like it a is. secret fun, talent, you know? Wow. Yeah. So I used to tell people like, you know, when you're in like those ice breaking groups and somebody says, oh, what's, you know, what's one interesting fact about you? My whole life it was I do magic, but now I do it professionally, so it's no longer an interesting fact, so I had to come it's up with something career, else. yeah. Yeah. Could you show me how to do something cool with the cards? Yeah, or is sure. That... Um, I mean, well, it might be I mean, a little bit more bad. tough to do because this deck is a little bit older, but that's called a fan, and you can see that the cards are sticking in clumps. Yeah. That's just because the, the finish chunky. on them is worn down over the years, but... Um, I could give you a little bit more of a hands-on when we're done, and I can show you. Okay, great. Okay, but it's very simple. You can learn that, and then once so that's where I'll take how I'll take my headshot. Yeah, that's now. where she'll be next week, and then after that, she'll be doing this. What's that cards. called, spiderweb? Uh, this is just called uh, cardistry, shutting, cu cutting, and shuffling the cards in an interesting way. And you can spring the cards, but I want to oh, be delicate like with them because they're grandma's deck. Grandma, shout out to grandma. Yeah, my so. grandpa did a little bit of magic. Do you feel like it used to be more popular? Or do you think there's like maybe a renaissance or? You know what? I think it kind of goes in ebbs and flows uh, up and down. You know, in the early 1900s, magic was huge. I mean, I think it was at Is that, that point. Is that when it started? Well, it actually started way before this. I mean, the oldest magician of all time or the most well-documented magician of all time that people don't realize is Jesus Christ. Uh -huh. You know, Jesus was a magician. He was the original but therefore you'd OG have to believe magician. in Jesus. Right. So it's kind of, so that's where I was getting. So if you look at him as a person and the things that he was able to do to lead a population of people and create hope and a religion and to do the things where, you know, you hear about these biblical figures like Moses where he parted the Red Sea and you hear about Jesus turning water into wine, people saw him do that or, yeah. or so they say. So it leads to the question, did he really turn water into wine or was he just a really good magician? So that's always a fun thing. But magic itself has really evolved over the years. You know, you look back, fast forward, you know, several thousand years, maybe to the 1600s even, and you see like the Salem witch trials where, you know, there was in America where people were saying that there were heretics and witches and wizards and they would literally get hanged for that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or they'd throw you into a burning fire or, or float you down the river to see if you would float or sink when you're tied up and they're, oh, yeah. she sank. She was a witch. You know, like obviously you're going to sink. Yeah. So there was that period of time. Fast forward a little bit more. There was, or even before that and around that time, you had shamans and witch doctors who would use magic and voodoo to, to heal and to, you know, to uh, influence in that regard. Go ahead. Do you have a question? Yeah. On and like, do you believe in that kind of like the more witchcraft wizardry? In a way. Or do in a way. Think... I think it, it's all situational. It's socially aware, like socially prevalent because yeah. of the, the, the tools and resources people had at that time. I mean, this is pre-computer, pre-telephone uh, and telegram. You know, this is a different era. So back then... When you would hear about this man who turned water into wine, it was a true miracle. And there's no no 
surprised why anybody would then say, oh, this man has a religion. I'm going to follow him. I just watched him turn water into wine. Like I like the way you say water. Water, yeah. Very a, uh, East Coast. Yeah. I, I'm like a chameleon. I like kind of adapt to where I am. Yeah. I like I pick up the different dialects. Do you think chiropractors are modern day uh, uh, witches? My my wife believes in big in chiropractor. I've never been to one. I love going to the chiropractor. She but was three I was, times last week. Oh, it's the best. It's I such know. a good feeling. But I was reading something. I mean, I don't know. I I support chiropractors. I love going to There's the chiropractor. There's wild stuff that they do. But I do think that some of it, it's just just hearing the crack is yeah, so satisfying like that i'm like i don't know if i feel better but, but you like, walk out of there feeling like you should it is right? like a magic trick right. where you're like how did you make my spine you know what i don't know like i said i've never been but according to her and her family it really helped like cure her childhood asthma so hey wild good for them i mean they they know something i don't so yeah how do you feel, maybe this is totally unrelated and ignorant, but like about tarot cards and like, I feel like there's oh, I like a, really interesting. there's uh, a group the, of white witches, white female witches, especially in LA yeah. who are like, let the me, crystals and the tarot it's a cards. lot, it's yeah, too much. It is, it is a lot. Uh, that's a different realm than me. But, but again, this goes back to like, kind of like the evolution of it. So we were talking about like in that period in the 1700s to 1600s and it slowly started to evolve and it wasn't until the late 1800s early 1900s that's me ringing let me just send the phone to the office business line um but i lost my train of thought oh yeah so in the late 1800s early 1900s that's where magic really transitioned it transitioned from this belief system a way to kind of herd people into hearing your message or whatever it may be into using it as the first type of form of entertainment so his name was jean eugene robert houdin uh, he was a French. Is magician. that where Houdini got his name? Yes, actually. Wow. Uh, so he was Look Houdin. At me. Yeah, good observation. And actually, I don't know how true this is because I'm not French, but supposedly, if you add an I to something in French, it means to be like or to to interpret from. Mm. So Houdin, uh, Houdini got his name from Houdin and added an I to be like Houdin. That that's legend. I don't know how true that is. But what's also interesting is that not only did he admire him, but he was. He was like a rival in a sense that he would try to expose some of the things that he did. And, um, you know, there's a lot of stuff. You can easily find this information about Houdini. But uh, Sir Conan Arthur Doyle, I'm not sure if I'm saying his name, the guy who wrote Sherlock Holmes. Uh -huh. and there was some like heated rivalry between a lot of people in that era. But it was Jean Eugene Robert Houdin who was the first modern magician. And he, he had a quote that said, I'm not a magician. I'm just an actor playing the role of a magician. Oh, I like so he that. was the first person to actually use magic as a form of entertainment, as a way to entertain rather than influence. Mm -hmm. And it was around that time in the late 1800s, early 1900s in the vaudevillian era during the First Great War where things started to become – you know, a, a hot spot for that type of entertainment. And it spread worldwide. These people were based out of the East Coast in, in the U.S. You know, obviously the, the U.S. was still growing and developing and they would go and travel on ships for days and weeks to get to Europe to do a show or, or to, to open at the London Opera Houses. And they'd come right back and they'd perform in, in off of Broadway in yeah. New York, you know, and they would travel in little carts with, horses and by cabbage with all, carriage with all of you know their props and their whole team and their animals that they used for their show literally 
through treacherous mountains to get to Washington to do a show. A lot of really crazy stuff, but it was around that time where magic evolved. And um, since then, it's been through its ebbs and flows. You know, it's been popular on TV. In the 70s, Doug Henning had his his magic show. He had like a Broadway show, but it was also televised. Uh, Blackstone before him. David Blaine, the father of modern street magic. He was the first person from New York to go out there and to film raw reactions of him yeah. freaking the hell out of people. How and the, it caught wildfire. How the fuck does someone get an elephant in Vegas? Wasn't that one of his things? He like made an elephant disappear? Yeah, that's David Copperfield. David um, Copperfield. But yeah, he's done some crazy stuff. He's made like the Statue of Liberty disappear. Is there a different... Um, is there a different like genre because there's like with comedy there's like alternative comedy yep. and like whatever is there like because people do like the cut someone in half type right. of so that's like magic. grand illusion okay so you have like illusion then you i mean you could really break it down more but you have illusion you have close-up you have parlor you have stage you have mentalism you have hypnosis there are a lot of different branches and then you can break it down even further like let's just say close-up you can go coins you could be a coin guy and do a lot of coin magic you could be a card guy and strictly do card magic. Yeah. You know, so there are a lot of uh, small little avenues you could branch off to from there. I used to work at a chicken wing spot. I don't oh, want to really? brag, but wings. it was pretty cool. And um, and outside there would be these guys kind of like street hustling where right. they'd do, they'd have like a little tray or platter and they'd have uh, bottle caps and they would okay. put a coin underneath and they would have a plant. They would yeah. have a plant. They yeah, wanted yeah. to recruit me because they're like, everyone's going to trust you. You're yeah. like this Unassuming. innocent little white girl, right, you know, right, whatever. Right. And they let you win a couple rounds. Yeah, but that's, then how, that's make, the bait. And it's so, they make so much yeah, money. Yeah, well, they do it even now. I mean, in New York City, you can go into like East Harlem and you can see them set up with a cardboard table. And the reason it's cardboard is because they they break down as quick as they set up when the mm. cops are coming. Uh, yes, right? yes. You know? <laughs> I've seen it all. And they have, uh, they, they, they have a, um, like a, a rue. I, I guess I'm not looking for the right word here, but... They have somebody who's part of their scam, yeah. and they are, they, they offered like me you. a good cut. Yeah, they pay out, and they have you come up, and they give you the cash, and they say you'll bet twenty on this round. And they they're big with the three card Monty, so you usually see the cardboard table, yes. three cards face up, two red cards like a a red two, like a hearts and a diamonds, and then a black queen in the middle. And then they turn them face down, and they shuffle them. And they say keep your eye on the queen. They even do a variation of this at the seventh inning stretch at uh, City Field. I was Field about to ask if Yankee you go Stadium. to a Dodgers game and they do yep, and they like do the, the ball yep. under the hat and they exactly. shuffle it they around. Exactly, they do the baseball underneath the, the hard hat and they move them around and everyone guesses. And it's the same kind of idea, but they're using sleight of hand to mix the cards and to manipulate you. So it's a very difficult game to win because they know where you're going to say. They want you to say this card, but yeah. it's the other card. Yeah. And even if you say the wrong, the right card by accident, let's say you missed it, they have a way to switch it while they're turning it. And um, it's very interesting because it's an old hustle. And they're not even magicians, the guys who are doing this. And they do exactly what you said. They come up to you and say, shill. That's the word I'm looking for. Yeah. They say, listen, you're going to you're gonna help us out. Gonna we're going to give you 100 bucks at the end of the hour. Yeah. We'll give you some 20s. You'll win. You'll just get really excited. You'll make a lot of noise when you win. Yeah. And then what happens is people on the street, the tourists who are coming to Manhattan who have win. no idea what the hell they're getting into, they're like, wow, that, that girl just won? It was that easy? Pfft. 
three I'll cards, do I'll do it. And, and then, then they, they let you in a couple times. They, You're they, feeling right. good. And then they do They'll double They'll walk or people to the ATM down the street to pull out more money. And that's why I was like, I can't be. I'm a, done. I got If people leave. are just spending whatever <laughs> cash they have in their pockets. One fine thing, yeah. whatever but when like, you're when you're going to when withdraw you're money yeah, to play this game it feels dirty yeah. i'm like that's too much Definitely. um should we do this yeah we should we absolutely should okay okay so in the in the deck i made a little bit of a prediction uh there's 52 cards in there even some jokers actually and um i'm gonna have you think of a card okay i want you to think of any card in the deck okay now here's a couple of important things one is that if you ask somebody to name a card there are statistical anomalies. There yeah. are cards that people traditionally go for. One being the Ace of Spades. I have that card tattooed on me. I've got quite a few on don't me. Don't you think also, I feel like um, on TikTok, I don't know if you partake in any I'm TikTok. I'm not on TikTok, but... But sometimes they'll be like, test your intuition. Right. Like, what animal do you think is going to be under this... Um, under the cup. Or... Under the cup. And right. so I'll like really be thinking about it, whatever. But I feel like whenever it's a numbers thing, if it's between one to ten, a lot of people go with three or seven. seven. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. So you're already. So keen I'm already to this trying you're already not keen to, to do. Yeah. Right. And if you ask a man, most men will say the Ace of Spades. I mean, it's just a strong card. It's a visceral card. It's something that everyone can remember and think of. You know, you think of Motorhead, that song, the Ace of Spades. Like, you know, you can't avoid it. It's the most popular card. The second most popular card is the Queen of Hearts. This is the card that most women name, and it's the second most commonly named card for men. But there's a whole slew of cards in between. Obviously, we have clubs, hearts, spades, and diamonds, right? So we have a lot of suits, four suits, four seasons. And we have a lot of values, ace, two, three, all the way up through jack, queen, and king. I'm going to ask you to name a card. Not yet, though. I want you to think of it first. But I'm going to give you a chance, Allie. I'm going to give you a chance to change your mind. Because later when I leave here, I'm going to another show when I leave here today. But later tonight, uh, you're not going home until tomorrow. Is that true? I'm leaving. So she's got Wednesday an LA morning. studio, but she happened to come all the way out here just to interview me in New York. So we're in New York right now, and you're going back home. But when you get home, that's when it will hit you. A couple days from now, you'll be at home, you'll be in bed, you'll be looking up at that ceiling fan. And if you actually have a ceiling fan, that's creepy. I hope I you do don't. I do not in my okay, bedroom. Good. So let's just imagine you're looking up at the ceiling and you're thinking, because the thoughts will be going round and round. She's going to be thinking, man. What if I changed my mind? And she will never know. So now is the only opportunity that you have to be sure that the card in your mind is the one that you want. Now, here's the catch. Even if you tell me you change your mind and you don't, we'll never know. Your audience will never know. They have no idea the card that you're thinking of. Yeah. And even if you do change your mind, you'll never know if that was meant to be. But again, the choice is up to you. Whenever you're ready, just tell me, yes, I have a card. Wait, are you saying this whole change your mind thing because it might not be? Like the prediction might not Possibly, be Possibly, but also I don't want you to have any doubt when I leave here that, you know, oh man, he didn't really give me an opportunity to change my mind and I went with my first instinct. I really want you to be certain that this is the card that you want. I don't know. See, this is why I give people this chance because hopefully if this does go right, you'll see why this is intense. So do you have a card in mind? Yeah. You got one? Yeah. Okay. And again, you can still change your mind at this point. Because in a moment, I'm going to ask you to tell us. Oh, should it? I go with the first or the second? Yeah, that's up to you. I don't want to influence you oh, anymore. Oh, God. At this point. It's got to be right no matter what I choose. Well, maybe not. Maybe I not. I fucking hope so. What a, what a way to close <laughs> out the podcast. For real, right? Like, do more tricks. Do more tricks. Um, you got it? Yeah. Okay. So, for the very first time, what's the card you're thinking of? I say it out loud. Yeah, I mean, it's already been done, so. Red five of diamonds five or of di five of yeah five, five of diamonds. diamonds or heart because you said red the so diamonds now now that you've okay hold on so two things you saw me write a couple of things down 
before I handed you that deck out there. I don't know if you were consciously paying attention, but you probably saw me I wasn't really paying attention. Okay, because we were waiting for the podcast yeah. to start. A lot of stress. So uh, I actually wrote something, but I'll give it to you in a second. I'll, I'll show you what I wrote in a second. But now that you've said the five of diamonds and that you know that I know the card that you're thinking of, I'm going to give you one more chance. Do you want to change your mind? Oh. Like I don't, but I do. The pressure is on. This is so, like, you know how guys are always like, a girl never knows what she wants to yeah, get for exactly. dinner? This is this worse than that. is the moment. That. Yeah, this is, the, it's way worse than that. And my whole image depends on this, Allie. So name the right damn card. Do you want me to change my card? <laughs> it's up to you. I want you to be confident that there's no way I could have known Well, this. here's the thing. I know what the other option is. So if I stay with mine. All right. So then tell, tell me what your, your, your initial reaction is. Go ahead. What's that card? The other number? No. The, the, do you want to stick with the five of diamonds? I think so. Okay. But I have Good. another. I'm glad. But I have another one in there. Okay, well, I'm glad that you didn't change your mind. And let me show you why. Because inside this deck, I actually turned over a card. Now, I'm going to try. I don't know if the, if the camera can actually see this. But I turned over a card. And I'd be lying if I told you that that ace was the only card that I turned over. Because I actually turned over a couple of aces. Now, I don't know. Can you see these? Can you see these four yeah, aces? Yeah. You I didn't see name them. an ace. No. Um, I, I want to make sure the camera can see it. So I'll stand. Now, obviously, we're getting a little bit of a washout with the... Uh, the lights, but I'll take the four aces out of the deck and I'll just place the deck on the table. Now, obviously you didn't- I want them to know that I'm watching very closely yeah, to see if you pull any crazy stuff. Anything. These are the four aces that were face up. Yeah. The ace of diamonds, the ace of clubs, the ace of spades, the ace of hearts, but you didn't name an ace. And I also know that you made some sort of prediction. So I'm guessing there's yeah. no Sharpie on the ace. Right, so well, that you can see, right? So here's the thing, you didn't name an ace. And your backup card wasn't an ace either, right? No. But you could have thought of any card, and for whatever reason, you said the five of hearts. Yes. Five of diamonds. Oh, five of diamonds. Okay, thank you for keeping me honest. Well, I have a confession to make. Okay. Uh, these four aces, they didn't even come from this deck of cards. I actually took them out of a different deck of cards right when I got here. I took four aces out of the red deck in my box. Uh-huh. And I wrote something on the back of each of them. Okay. I'm going to turn that over for you. Oh, boy. Allie Can you see that? will name the... Allie will name... Uh, what? Five of wow! Just like that, and any other card in the deck, <laughs> no matter what she would have named, it had to be the five of diamonds. It couldn't have, look. Our friend over there, my in the friend's studio, here, scratching her head outside the door right now, and those are legit. You can see that these are written in my handwriting. That's your name. Check those cards out. Make sure it's exactly as I promised. And boy, Ali, am I glad that you didn't change your mind. Yeah, what happens if I change? We would have both looked a little silly. There's no way. Like, <laughs> this This has to work every day. Like, you're a professional magician. This I'm, has I'm a, to I'm work. I'm a risk taker. That's what I do for a living. I take this risks. has... That's so crazy. And you can even see the ink smudged from yeah. when I, like, wrote it. This on the S on the diamond. is so wild. Guys, if you don't believe in magic, you have to believe now. <laughs> also, there's a five right here. Yeah, five. Of, that's a five of clubs. Five of clubs. Yep. Wow, that is just like that. So and cool. Again, any card could have literally been ten of spades. You could even have named uh, the Joker if you really wanted. You have the coolest been, job I mean, in the world. You know what? I, I thank no matter my what lucky the haters say, because there's there's magic haters. You know what? Luckily I think, for me, I haven't run into many. You know what it is? I think it's one of those things where a lot of people like like to make jokes. It's right. like the butt of the joke, the magician. Yeah. You know? Oh, totally. But Comedians all the time. I, mean, I think I've the reason so no sets. one says it 
or why you haven't experienced that is because secretly everyone thinks it's the coolest yeah, thing ever. Yeah, they, 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 they envy it. They envy it. I envy it. I think that is so awesome. I'm so glad that you came to Me do too. this I podcast. Had a blast and I didn't want to force you to do magic. I'm so glad that you're uh, willing to do these. There's a gun pointed at my head right now, folks. No, I'm kidding. No, there is no forcing involved. I love what I do, and thanks for having me here. Honestly, um, at Daniel Nicholas Magic, yeah, on at Instagram. Daniel Nicholas Magic. Hit me up on Instagram. Shoot me a follow. You're a I busy guy. I am a busy guy. That's why my Instagram page is not really filled with lots of videos and stuff. That's because I'm working, lots of shows, and a lot of traveling for shows. But I'm a friendly guy, easy to talk to. If you're ever looking for private entertainment, no matter where you live in the world, I fly wherever. I perform for whoever, uh, small groups. The, the last show I did in L.A. before Leah Remini's yeah. birthday party was a, uh, a four-person party. Literally another celebrity I'm not going to name drop, but it was for four people. So that was pretty after cool. the pod. Will you tell me? Yeah, sure. I'll tell you. Hell yes. I try not to name drop. I don't like to to brag or boast, yeah. but it's fun. I get to meet people, and you know, I can't tell you how many free drinks I've gotten from my friends at bars, or we've went to go hang out as a group, and you know, they're trying to get into the VIP area, and they're like, "Sorry, it's fully loaded," and I'm like, "Come here, let me show you something." Let me show you. And then all next something. thing you know, we're taking the elevator up to the VIP area. Yeah. So That's magic incredible. opens up a lot of doors. Um. Thank you so much. Thank you. Ali. I feel I like it. I'm. I feel like I'm gonna go home and I'm gonna be like, I wish I asked this. I wish I asked that. <laughs> yeah. But I'm sure I'll have you back yeah, we'll on do, the podcast we'll do it again in the future. And I hope to be able to see you do uh, close up and Absolutely. stand up. Yeah, magic the stand up was really fun. So. I, yeah. Okay. Thank you so much. You got it. Thanks, guys. Daniel Nicholas Magic, hit me up. Goodbye. That was. Oh, my friends, they think I'm dead.